The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Hello. Previously. The most pathetic introduction ever done. Um, this is Chris Britton, writer, director, and person on the line. And with me is... M. Sierra Garcia, co-writer. I know. This is, it's a whole new world. Not yet, though. Not for this episode. No. No, although you basically were. <laughs> so I'm fine for that to just, to, to, to just go down on this. Ghost co-writing. Yes, indeed. I don't know if it was co-writing. I think I was more like just Americanizing. I think with this one, yeah, well, this is well, this is quite an early one on, isn't it? So I think this was just more um, Americanizing. This is before I, I stopped, you know, thinking about things and just writing dialogue until I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been the pattern with the, the latter episodes, shall we say, that we're on at the moment. Mm. But this is much earlier, much more structured. It's great. Oh dear, the, the things that we have in store. Um, oh, this episode is definitely not safe for children. Why not? Um, someone's getting a big long blowjob in the middle of it. That's fine. That's 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 perfectly normal and natural. You know, I was thinking about this actually. This whole this the. the this this blowjob sex scene that comes throughout the episode. No pun intended. Although I do quite like that pun. Um, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. The, well, there we go. But no, but what I put behind it is quite a soft little romantic cutesy piece of music because I didn't want it to be, I didn't want it to be comedy and I didn't want it to be... Exactly. Exactly. Exactly that that sound. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was trying to make it sound a bit more romantic, although, of course, you don't know who Thomas is uh, is getting oral pleasure from until... Uh, who is believing him? I'm not. Until um, Bex is in the room as well. Hello. You must have already brought her home. The lights are Oh, it's, it is an, it was well done because I know you wanted to keep it very kind of paced out and I did. It worked I mean, out really, really well. It's possible that some of them go on a little bit too long. <laughs> That's what she said. It is. It is. It is. It's possible that some of them just. <laughs> I think that should just be the buzz phrase for the entire episode. Just drag on a little bit. But, right. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, the line, hey, religion and all that jazz, not just sex. Right. This um, is episode four. Certiman? It is, certiman. Um, which means something. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I don't know, I don't think it means awesome, I just think it's awesome. Hold on, that's what Google's for. So, what's going on in this scene, Chris? Well, this is sort of the opening scene, so we have kind of, we have Tom's um, brain where he's uh, where he's being dragged off into this past memory, um, but then he flashes back and this is them coming back, so this is happening pretty much uh, maybe a few hours after the end of episode three. Um, and they arrive back home and they find just Kitty there, incredibly drunk. Nice. Um, and I very, I really did enjoy uh, the interplay here between Paul Cecile and Kitty. I thought that was um, uh, Pete and Marley and Kat were having a lot of fun. Kat especially just having a lot of fun here. I'm not sure she was actually drunk while doing the line, um, but it's not good acting. Um, 
Certima means competition, by the way. Latin for competition. I did know that. It was vaguely at the back of my mind, but I'd forgotten temporarily. Gotcha. I know. It's because it's so very early Just in England. No, it isn't. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. It is. It, well, it's not early here, but you know. Um, I'm rambling. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. So this is this is where Kitty interacts with her, um, with the. No, I'm blanking. <laughs> with Stephanie's family, and and I, it's you can kind of start to figure out there's something a little. I don't know. By this episode, you should all figure out that there's just something very special about Stephanie's parents, and it just seems a little off-putting and a little off. Yeah, and I felt yes. And It'll be a. It's a good clue. Yeah, well, I thought this was another one where things that weren't actually written in the script, I think they brought out better than I hadn't written them, if you get what I mean. Um, I think it was more in the way they they gave the dialogue that suggested that things were uh, things were maybe slightly slightly stranger than first appearances. But obviously, I'm not giving too much away at this point, so we'll just have to wait. Um, and Kitty gets kicked out of the house, unsurprisingly. And a figure in black makes an appearance, possibly just in her head or possibly really. But, of course, we don't really know who or what the figure in black is at the moment. And you're not going to find out in this episode. But she does prophesize the coming of a she. Um, Cat made me laugh. Why? Because this is just... She was just... She just went... She was perfect. It was really perfect. Not to go all, you know, fan-wanky, but it was just right. <laughs> no, this it, the, the way she reads all these lines is very funny, especially the final one, the, oh, look, there's a motel. Oh, look, there's a motel. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, a motel. <laughs> a motel. Right. That me as well. Originally, this was part two of uh, of episode three. Mm-hmm. Which I think I said I said I said in last month's commentary actually that's also part one. Um, you mean back when the line was eight thousand pages long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, originally episode one and two were just episode one, and episode three and four were just episode two. Correct. But they were so long that we cut them both in half, um, which works quite well. It's some quite nice um, cliffhangers mm-hmm. in there. Um, but this was the second half. But I kind of realised that episode three was very much a. An introduction to Skets, to Kitty, her backstory, her relationship with Steph. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. I mean, a few other things in there, but that was what it was about. Whereas this one is a much more open piece with different character storylines going on. It obviously became a bit more Tom-centric, uh, which I thought was good because we hadn't really seen much of him. Right. Um, well, you, there's a bit of origin in each story. So you get a little bit more out of each person. Yeah, there is. And I think that probably that really continues all the way up to episode 10, to be quite honest. Um, and then I think after, well no but yeah yeah well yes it really does actually it, that probably carries on to episode 10 and then after that it sort of then it spirals more into the uh, the the meat of the the plot line for this first arc it's kind of like when you're on a roller coaster and you, you're going you're still going up so the tick 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 right after episode 10 is when you get to that little pinnacle and that's when you lose your lunch and you find out Whoa, what the ride's going to be about yeah I would agree I would agree with you there I love talking about stuff people aren't going to hear for months. Awesome. I, I know it's great. It must Sorry. be. Re- it's, it's really irritating. I know whenever I hear that in comments, I'm like, "Well, don't talk about it then." So we'll stop. We'll talk about this episode. 
Um, the Return of Barman Stan. With Barman his, Stan. Oh, so lovely voice. Yeah. JT. Um, I need to give him more lines just so I have more to listen to. Um, I, 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 I'll have to inspect those lines, by the way. Okay, fair enough. That's, that's not a problem. You can, I'll send, JT, I'll send you some private lines to do for me. Right. <laughs> Let's leave that till after the commentary. True. Um, a line after dark. Have Wait, this is already dark, so never mind. Have a bit of, uh, have a bit of coke usage there, which is, you know... I don't know where the fuck you went to high school, but, I mean, I guess because it's Northern Virginia, and I did go to kind of a, there were a lot of affluent kids at my school, but when you told me, oh yeah, this is all the kind of shit we did in high school, like, where the fuck did you go Well, that was probably a little, there's more, there's more university is, to be honest, but, um, but, yeah, um, I don't know, I lived in the Netherlands. There was lots of booze from very young. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's but then it's not actually much different in the UK from all my friends who've just stayed here. Mm. So, uh, and we have the return of D. I know. Wasn't it last week's episode? Lovely little bits of dialogue and 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 just the just a hint of sort of like. Well, no. I mean, that sort of comes up towards the end of this episode. Actually, it's not really right now. But this is where we begin. We we see some hints of frustration between Dee and Steph, with, with obviously Steph's worrying about you know well currently being on crutches because because of, of the coma and uh, all the amount of you know the amount of worrying she's done about the vision she had while she was in the coma and, and all the trauma uh, she's been through. You know, that's it. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of stress on you emotionally, mentally, physically. So she's definitely going through a lot of shit, and to have this on top of it is just confusing as hell. And for and from Dee's point of view, she's out of the hospital. She's better. She should be back to normal. Yeah. So it's it's confusing for both of them because Steph is definitely not the same person she was when she went to the hospital. And D hasn't had that kind of hasn't had that particular kind of drama or trauma, so it's it it, it, it there's a little rift there. I mean, in some ways, this is almost a. <laughs> oh, nice! There's a, there's a sneeze for all of you. Um, in some ways, this is sort of a mirror to episode one, which kind of works the way backwards because we have the we have the bar scene. And we have the Dean Steph at school scene. I mean, the first episode it was cheerleading practice, and um, and you've got the you know the the the, the, the random sex going on, um, and obviously it finishes well not quite finishes but almost finishes with the bishop and the demon. So um, yeah, I suppose this is sort of a, that was a before everything happened. Now this is an after thought of it all. God, that sounded really blanky and pretentious. I do apologise, everyone. Well, you are wanky and pretentious. Yes, this is true. Here we have Joe and Steph with their first meeting, which feels a bit Joe. odd, because obviously we've heard them both in every episode. Well, pop, Joe's not in episode one, but, you know, episode two, three, and, they, you know, they're both there, but very separate, and this is where we kind of bring them together. And uh, Joe's quite honest about the fact that he knows a lot more than has been made clear previous to this. His visions, messages, uh, appearances, whatever you want to call them, Seem to be coming to him with quite, uh, quite uh, alarming regularity. You're fucking with me, aren't you? You're working with that bitch from the Bronx in my house. 
Sorry, I'm listening. <laughs> no, I know, me too. I'm, I, 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 I realise now that line, uh, you're working with the, uh, the bitch from the Bronx. I'm, I'm a bit annoyed about that because obviously in my head, like, like she was, you know, she was always, she'd been working in New York, but she very much doesn't have uh, a Bronx accent at all, and never was nope. supposed to, because you know she travelled to America with her parents from uh, from yep. Poland. So that's uh, all right. Yeah, well, she was going for alliteration. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. Jeff was going for alliteration, yeah. so she's being clever. <clears throat> yes, uh, men, right. men working plot hole, I think, but never mind. Here's but your it, pass it, on that, Chris. There it, you go. It's only one line. Um, Clearly, there is something very weird. Going yellow card, on. yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is nothing weird about me. It's and fine. It's fine. Sick masturbation fantasy. I heard about your accent. Heard about the bus. Oh, I do. I do. I do like the. Gabriel or something. This is one of my favorite conversations that we've had so far. Is it? I think so. Just kind of this. Steph has built up this wall. She doesn't want to think of everything. And Joe has built up this wall because all he wants to think about is everything. Yeah. And he's just, he's got to convince this complete, well, not complete stranger. He's got to convince this person who doesn't care that he exists, that there's bigger shit in this world than, than she realizes, it would, and that she's going to have to deal with it. Yeah, it would actually be easier if they were complete strangers. I think that's the thing. I think the fact that she does vaguely know him actually makes it more more difficult to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that she twats him around the head. I will her ball crushing experiments. That amused me. I've gone um then ventured out a bit with the music. All the three tracks there are um just one band, the Retrospectacles. Um <laughs> That's a great name. I know it is. Uh they're uh, they're they're an interesting band, I've gotta be honest. Can we find their music on Jamendo, Jamendo.com? You can find it on Jamendo.com if you wish to listen to it. I probably wouldn't listen to it myself if I wasn't putting in a show. I've got to be honest. Sorry, guys. Um, it's it's a bit all it's it's, it's a bit all over the place and a bit teeny for my liking, uh, sort of gotcha. you know teen punk. But it works very well in that scene, and I kind of like the idea that this is just sort of a school band um, playing in playing in the club, whatever. Um, and I'm to go out. Oh, here we are, back into uh, blowjob world. Yay! Now, blowjob world is interesting, but the this next scene with Thomas and the priest, it does really weird me out. <laughs> it really weirds me out, and I, I I think I think there was a point where I was like, hold on, um, can we write it this way? <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 this is what I mean to do. Uh, all right. It was the switching between the two because every time I wanted very much to, like you know to hear the switch in his head from from this fantasy world into the real world. Uh-huh. Um, and getting that right every time was was not always quite easy. I felt the first one. I don't I don't think I ever get it quite as good as I did the first one where you have his mum saying his name and kind of bringing him out of the reverie. Um, and I don't think I ever quite got it that, that strong again. But this one is, this one's creepy. This one's creepy and wrong. Especially with the way the priest is responding. It's, well, it's just, it really creeps me out. I, uh, you know... I mean, not that I'm playing on a stereotype of Catholic no. priests here. God forbid that I should do such a thing. It's, it's just but it's but it, it's something I wanted to sort of address in a in a way, um, well at least up to this point here. That's as far right. as that's as far as it goes in this episode for now. But we'll see what happens in the future. All right. 
We can skip over this scene. We can talk about Kitty in this scene. No, no, really. no. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Kitty later. No, this is, this is an important scene. It's is relevant. It? I love that little bit where it flashes back into the fantasy and the two become merged. Um, uh, it just weirds me out. I know Chris. Chris started was uh, did, was did send me the lines in and was like at the beginning he was like, oh my god, I feel like I feel dirty. What have I done? <laughs> he was telling me at lunch. He's like, he was doing the lines that his wife had said. Honey, do you need a hand with that? No. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Never mind. Oh, excellent. No, no, that would, that would have been good. It could have could have could have played on that. <laughs> That's something you'll have to discuss with the starters. Absolutely, uh, I know. I, I'm not going to have that conversation with him over lunch. <laughs> I totally would. <laughs> I'm not surprised. A cat does incredible snoring. Here. Yep. I mean, seriously, with with the coughing and you know, heavy smoker. That apnea kind of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously, seriously, I'm pretty sure I've done that at some times after some very heavy nights out. Um, That's why I got my nose fixed. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. I think I just need my head taken off. Hey! English! Oh, who is that? <laughs> what is that shit accent that I hear? Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I, I, you know, I know because I, I know this is a hard accent for me to ask of anyone. To kind of get that British accent with a very, you know a very how many slight. Times I had to, wa- and I still don't have it. It's I have to put out a blanket apology because I still don't have it. <laughs> I think you have Dude, it most I, of the time, and that's what I counts. watched so much Bollywood-esque British television and movies. <laughs> Goodness gracious me! To listen to, uh, needless to say. The conversation's been had, and the longer she stays in, in the U.S., the more posh her British accent becomes, and that's how I fixed it. Yes. Which is but, fine. That's a perfectly fine, hand-wavy excuse. I'm fine with that. I really hate you sometimes. I know. I know. But, if, of course, at some point, you know, what happens if, if we take her character back to the U.K.? Or if we take a character, character back to uh, India, where she was born? I'll fix it. You'll fix it. That was that was a spoiler. <gasps> no, it wasn't really. It is. No, not particularly. It's not very important. <laughs> it's something that hasn't this been said in the show. It is kind of funny. I like this little tête-à-tête with Kitty because it's, you know, going ahead and talking about stuff that people won't hear for a while. It's just going to get like more. Uh, ad- is it adversarial? Is that the word I'm looking for? They're just going to butt heads like crazy, and it's. Very fun. And well, yeah, it's nice. We I have the introduction to... with Joe and Steph, and now we have the introduction with Kitty and Sahi, and I think that, that's that's quite nice. It's bringing everything together to where it needs to be for us to start playing out maybe slightly more episodic episodes that are to come. Episodic episodes, right. dearing me. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, this next one, this next scene. First, who's the music? Because it's, it's a cute... It's, our, it's Jewel Andrew, our favourite. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I wanted that again, with this to be a mirror of episode one, I wanted similar music in that respect. And so, you know, when we had scenes back at her house, we had that scene at the end of episode one, when she wakes up after the night uh, the night out at the club just before she gets run over. And we had the really happy blah, blah, blah. And then this one's a slightly more subdued, but I wanted the same, uh, I wanted the same uh, band. 
good. This and this scene I like because it's, it's a good little moment between Cecile and Steph that isn't like overly laden with religion. It's just mother, daughter, and it's the daughter is, you know, all the, all the bullshit's kind of set aside and they're just being very, you know, sweet. And the line, this one, thanks for sticking around and not going with them. Just, that was, Tanya delivered it and I, like, my little heartstrings went, Oh, I know. And Tanya then, is a good, or Stephanie is a good girl. She is a good girl. She's not a coquette. No, exactly. And you can be, <laughs> you can be both sort of. I mean, there's some moral issues about that, which we will get into in in the future. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Um, but but I like the way Cecile reveal re- did the Marley did the next line, sort of like, oh yeah, uh, like it's really conflicting to her. <laughs> um, it's, I'm your mom. Well, no, no. Well, that's not exactly what I was what I was thinking, and I don't think that's quite the way she comes across. It's more it's conflicting because she feels she should really have gone to the church. Well, no, that's what I like. She's her mom. She should have stayed anyway. Yes. Like, and then would it, I, I I got where it was going, but I was like, mm, I, I was listening like a listener instead of the you know knowing what's going on. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Because I have a tendency to read these things and then I'll, I'll forget them. And then I listen to them and I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, I kind of enjoy having that short-term memory. No, that's good. I, uh, that's ever- good. I don't forget anything, which is, is annoying sometimes. Brilliant. I know. Oh, yippee skippy music. And, oh, I just, just chatted over the whole, like, kitty. Hey, you! <laughs> I love you. Yeah, your mom's a dress book. She left it on the kitchen table. Meh. Good for you, Kit. Yeah, I think that that was an, another little hand wave. Like, really, she was that, that drunk, and yet she had the semblance of mind to think, "Well, I might need to call this person in the future." But um, I, it was the only real reason I could have for that. Um, well, she might have grabbed it and then considered continued drinking. Yes, indeed. There you go. Indeed, I should stop picking up on flaws in uh, in my plot. Just enjoy the fact that there's some backstory that you didn't write. That's true. So we're making up now. We're not making it up. We're just bringing it to light. Yes, indeed we are. That is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> oh, Father Jacob. I know. Michael King is cre- he's creepy, dude. I know I've heard him do other stuff where he's not creepy, and I'm sure he's lovely in real life. But this is creepy. Yeah. Um, and I accentuated the creepiness towards the end of the scene where I put the ludicrous over-the-top music over the final line <laughs> that is possibly hinting on things that uh, that it shouldn't do quite so early on. But I, honestly, by this point, I was just thinking, well, I think it's... I think if it's not quite obvious where things might be going, it's at least certainly hinted at enough that I don't need to be totally secretive about it. Oh, now mm. that I am certain of. Um, go, Thomas. He's just go so creepy. <laughs> just in general, you, you wrote him creepy, and Michael delivers him. It's, oh, I'm sorry, it's not Michael. I just looked at the wrong name. No, it is. Michael King does Father Jacob. Oh, thank you. Um, I was looking at the name Michael Hudson, who is the bishop. That's Bishop Gilliam, who may be connected to Father Jacob. May not be. Dun, dun, dun. We just don't know, but here's where I put the ludicrous music in. And I sort of wanted a, a line in that to suggest that time is going to move on because the next scene is about two, two and a half weeks later. Okay, this is the song when I felt I was listening to this again last night and I fell asleep. This is the song that I woke up to in my head. Ah, yes, okay. So, thank you. No, that's all right. It's a good, cool piece of sort of reggae. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. reggae rap. Not at 7.30 Maybe when you haven't slept much. No, 7.30 is possibly not the time for it. I would agree with that. So we're back at high school, back at school with Steph and Dee. It's the end of the day, and they are fucking off. They are. Because, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're heading into March now. The whole series began in January 2010, and we're just heading into March. Um, so spring's coming, and SATs are around the corner, because if they're in their final year, and um, they'll be applying for college places. I've got all that right, haven't I? Um, you you can take your SATs your junior year, and some kids that will start applying in the fall as yes. well. No, so I, I know you can take them on. earlier, but I put them in the final just because I wanted them as so something to play around with. No, no, you're fine. Like some people, some people wait. I waited. <laughs> Dean Steph didn't strike me as the kind of people that would uh, would do them early. Go for early acceptance. Yeah. No, I think yeah. they, they've got other things to uh, focus on. I like oh, how, how pissed off Dee is here that Steph wants to talk to Joe, and again, I think that's beginning to hint at the uh, the interplay that's going on there. Right, and again, they've definitely had very... Steph has had a traumatic thing go on. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but... Experience. Experience. So they're... D is still D. Steph is definitely a different Steph than she was a couple of months ago. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think you should talk to this drunken yeah, absolutely. I don't like that line. The drunken bitch line? Yeah, it's because he's repeating what Steph said before. And that's why I wrote it in. And actually, I've written it in with, like, quotation marks and stuff. And that's pretty much how Xander delivers it. It's not mm-hmm. his fault. I just don't like it. Like I see you. And I wanted, and I was, I was, when I was getting down to editing, I almost pulled it, but then I, it was hard to pull and keep the, keep the storyline, you know, keep the, uh, the context of the conversation. Right. So I had to leave it in, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of useless information there. I do like this line, however. It's like they're watching and waiting and bracing for themselves. Pull monkeys out of my asshole. She delivered that Tanya Gold Stars for delivering that Paul's Monkey out of my asshole line. I know it's good, isn't it? I, that's affecting me every time I've listened to it. I thought, wow, that's a good I, that, that she does that well. I know I don't know what it is because it's the, you know it's not a special no special dialogue or anything. It's just whatever. But yeah, I like it. Now Steph and Kitty both sober. What are you doing here? Stephanie kind of open to the concept of what's going on. Kitty's sort of on board with everything. She's kind of have to. She really wants to, you know, die the way she wants to. So, yeah, I think begin. Yes, stuff exactly from this point forward now really does begin to play out into a into a proper um a proper plot line between the two of them where they can have a dialogue about this sort of stuff and of course now she's going to be introduced to taken introduced to Sahi and Joe's going to be brought along as well and that really puts together the main uh, the main team for the first half of this arc at least mm. um, the trio quad quad quadrio quad, 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 quartet. quartet quartet there that's the word Fucking hell. <laughs> England, where the language comes uh, from. Yes, I know. Yes. Well done, you. Not just now, we've moved, we've moved house. Yes. Take that, David. You may, you may notice that uh, that I sound a lot less echoey, because I now can yes. record in our lovely living room as opposed to the 
ex-bathroom that was my that was uh. the study in the last place. So we moved house, and now not only do I live in England where the language comes from, I also live in Greenwich where the time comes from. Oi, they. So I'm basically what? at the creation of the world right here. It's awesome. Right. David Alt was giving me shite about you know the English language, and you just completely murdered it right there. I did. Quadge? A qua? So take that, David. There, there's, there's, uh, <laughs> One of your compatriots just butchered it. There's well an done. excellent comedian here called David Mitchell, who I know you're a big fan of. <gasps> yes. Um, but he does he does podcasts online, which you should all go and download after you've listened to this. Other podcasts um, are available. Other, other are, but his is fantastic, um, which is called David Mitchell's Soapbox. And he does one on yes. there about the difference between American English and uh, English English. And he pretty much says, you know, he doesn't really care, except for the fact, and I am right on board, is, is it you couldn't care less. <laughs> Not you could. You couldn't. He does it very funny. Go and listen to it right now. No, listen to the rest of this, then go and listen to that. Well, you can hit pause. You could hit pause. But then they won't. Then they won't come back, Em, and they'll miss all the important waffle that we're going to give them over the next uh, seven or eight minutes. We are. It's some serious waffle. It's some awesome waffle. (laughs) It's big Belgian waffle with butter and whipped cream and strawberries. That was good. That was nice. I like that. Mm, I'm hungry now. I haven't eaten anything today. Oh, no, I haven't. I've had a packet of Watsits. But I really could do with eating had a, something else. A pardon? Packet of Watsits. Watsits are uh, their um, Cheetos. Cheez-Its. Uh, you know, the orange cheese baked fluffy things. Mm-hmm. Cheesy Puffs. That's what they're called. You're welcome. Yes. I'm pretty sure those were, were created in America. Oh, I'm sure they were. They're orange and they're like a fake way of delivering cheese. You guys are the... The, the rulers of the world for fake ways of delivering cheese. Do not knock fake cheese. Oh, I'm I, bringing, no, I, I will w- knock cheese whip. <laughs> okay, cheese should not come whiz? in a fucking can. Cheese whiz, that just sounds dirty. Um, is it not called cheese whip? It's actually called cheese whiz. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that is where society, that, 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 that's the end of civilization. Where you think that the next best step for humanity is to put cheese in a can. It's wrong. I have no response to that because no. I don't eat it. It's basically plastic. It is in a can. Hurrah! Yes. No. no so, speaking bad. of a can, here we have. <laughs> yes, yeah, excellent segue there. Well done. Here's uh, just a big giant can of joy that is my character kind of spelling out, by the way. Yeah, um, you do actually play the Basil Exposition role in this episode a little bit, don't you? <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. But someone has I, to do it. I know, but I think I cut out like a... Sh- there was, the scene was much longer before, and I was like, she talks too much. Yeah, I She's think it was. She's the most annoying character ever. No, I think there was. There was too much explanation and sort of like, and this is what happened then, and this is what happened and then. And then he walked to the table and picked up the book and then took the lid from the book and opened the book and turned to page 22, halfway down the page to the line that starts with, read this line. All right, there's no need to recite all my cut dialogue, okay? <laughs> I'm going to release the original 8,000 pages in a special leather-bound collection. We can do that. When we become famous and rich, um, yeah, they can be released and sold in shops. The original scripts with your pen all over them. <laughs> it comes with a commemorative red pen. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it should. <laughs> you can cross out the dialogue you don't like. A that's huge a, fucking that's a really red good pen with like a pint of ink in it. Yeah, it's a really cool. Yeah, you could do that for any show. Just release the original scripts with a red pen, and people would just cross out the dialogue they thought was sucked. <laughs> and then they could just fax it in, and you could go, "Oh, well, all right." <laughs> I would, I would fucking do that. That'd be awesome. There's so Done. many shows I could go through with a red pen. That's how we're gonna market the show. Oh, seriously, I, I went last night. Let's have a sec. Let's let's talk about something else because you know we've we've spoken about the characters. I went and saw Twilight Eclipse last night. Oh, you didn't? I did. I did go and see Twilight Eclipse. It's 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 probably it probably is the best of the three. Um, it's still pretty fucking terrible, I've got to say. Um, and there was certainly some bits of dialogue in that where I was just like, wow, wow, how did this make the edit? Uh, but there is a very good scene in the tent, and um, the film is improved every time uh, Jacob takes his top off. <laughs> Mr. Patterson? No, 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 no. Robert Patterson plays Edward. Oh, sorry. He's the moody. Sorry. Edward's, the, Edward's the grumpy one who really doesn't look very attractive throughout most the of the The one who's got like six caterpillars for each eyebrow? Seriously, he has big eyebrows. He has grooming issues. Yeah, I know, I know. Get them waxed or threaded dude hello really um, so we just talked over the intro where they met joe <laughs> we joe did kind of walks in and goes <gasps> and has a giant message <laughs> has a giant message what what is that message you yes uh let's scroll back uh your first trial begins with the dying of the next moon <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So suggests the next episode might be set about a month after this one maybe um Possibly. go and check your lunar characters because i did look it up well done. And then we go back to creepy again. There's something about the way you write creepy is very, very creepy. I'm glad about that. <laughs> You're a very disturbed young man. Yes, I am. I wouldn't have you any other way. I think that Michael Hudson outdid himself in this scene. Mm-hmm. And I know he sent me the line, like, oh, I don't know if I just sound crap. And I was like, no, no, you sound like you're being tortured. Which is no, very hard the, to do when you're not actually being tortured. The line, I, I can't, I can't betray God. Yeah, it's like, I, I I got a little chill. I got my the hair on my forearms just kind of went. This creepy. It is. I know there's another word other than creepy, but creepy is really the best definition. It's just it's very eerie and unsettling to listen to. I think so. Um, this took quite a bit of time to put together as well, and I, I did actually I cut some of the lines that were in the script that got recorded just because I wanted to make it a bit tighter. Um, and then I got sort of uh, just nondescript. I think it's Kevin McLeod music um, underneath most of this, or a mixture of Kevin McLeod and Kai Hardwick. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I really had to tie it in, and I put a lot of the lines on top of each other because I really wanted him to be crying throughout the whole thing. Um, it's immense. It's immense. Very well done. Good. I'm glad. And then little Colin Kelly. Little precious Colin Kelly. I know, I know. What have we done to him? They grow up so fast. Little chocolate-covered Colin Kelly. Mm. <laughs> uh, wrong. Um, sorry, Colin. We'll, we'll stop soon. <laughs> Not in that way. No, I know. Ew. I know. I know. He's like five. I know. Or 18. Oh, no, he's 18 now. He's 18 now, now which is why he can be in the show. I saw all the commercials, and I saw the billboards, and I saw the giant, you know... 
uh, skywriting that he had done. I'm finally 18! Seriously, I've never known a countdown to a birthday to go on for, like, more than a year. But that one No, it went on for two and a half. (laughs) Fuck 16, fuck 17. I don't want a party. Let me be 18. I want to be 18! (laughs) This is a very disturbed and possibly quite blasphemous reading of the Our Father, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I thought, uh, I, I thought so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not I sure how well little... that's going to go down. I feel like taking a shower right now in holy water. <laughs> no, that's not. I don't know if baptism's going to cleanse me enough. <laughs> no, baptism, you know, just tends to be. Well, depends where you get baptized, of course. But. I don't think so. That's a good line. Again, that was to- that was in a totally different place, I think, and I just sort of moved that around. I was noticing, I'm trying to follow along with the script. It's like, where, is this the wrong episode? No, I just, I just cool. played around with it a lot. Deliver. It's really good. I've woven it quite well. the cheesy uh, thunderstorm music behind it all. I don't actually know if there's an actual thunderstorm going on or whether it was just sort of inside the church of the thunderstorm, but I, I thought I needed something to up the, uh, the tension. And this, of course, this was the end of the episode. Because, as we were saying at the beginning, when it, this was just episode one and episode two, you know, one, two, three, and four were just two episodes, they be- mm-hmm. began with the Bishop and the Demon, and then ended with the Bishop and the Demon, they would sort of be the introduction episodes. Now it's spread out to four. I don't know if that's still the impact you get, or whether you're sort of like, oh yeah, there's a Bishop and a Demon. I've totally fucking forgotten about them. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure people will write in and tell us. Um, if it still has some kind of <laughs> book-ending impact, bless you. Excuse me. Um, both sneezing. <laughs> um, but, um, of course, I then added this on the end, because when I came up with the idea of making this episode a bit of a Tom flashback and forward episode, I felt it really had to end. Uh, with a with, big fucking blowjob? With with a big blowjob orgasm, yeah. Yay! Because uh, that works well on audio, <laughs> doesn't it? That's what you want from your audio. Well, I'm living in a hotel at the moment because my house flooded on May 30. And I was listening to this here, and I the walls are a little thin. And I realized I had it up really loud when I was listening to it. What's I going ran on in that to room? the computer. Ran to the computer. Send the porter up. And <laughs> so turn, this, turn the sound <gasps> down. And there, there you go. Who is this lovely voice? Yes. I do indeed. It is the wonderful Tom Stitzer. Men and women are squeeing as we speak. I I think so, and well, they should. (laughs) Because I did sort of play it on. You don't know who he's with. Yeah. Um, a little bit, but I but um, but I wanted that to be a little bit of a reveal, which I think it is. It is, but I was listening to it and I was like, "Okay, Chris, when, 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 it's he? Okay, he's getting inflated. He's getting inflated. Just come already! <laughs> What's going on?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I think you've had a really good time mixing the scenes. I couldn't possibly comment. Um, I could could comment on quite quite a length actually. Um, no, I did. No, perhaps they do. Perhaps that last one does go on a little bit too long, and maybe I should yeah, but, cut it down. But hey. Whatever. It builds it up to them when you hear Tom Stitzer. Mm, Tom Stitzer. It is a nice um, build-up. It is a nice build-up. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and then, boom! And cigarettes. 
Well, yeah, and then... And then we go into a, a very creepy, disturbing prayer that I found on an internet website. These are not my words. Um, I nicked them um, from, like, a, a Yay! Christ! website. Um, but in the not <laughs> but other creepy prayers are available. Oh, my God, other, other creepy prayers are available. Seriously, just Google, like, you know, prayers of chastity. It's, it's really fucking disturbing, some of the stuff. That is out there. Um, Prayersofchastity.com or .org? I, I don't know either. <laughs> My God, but anyway, this is one of the ones that I found. I thought, fair enough, I'll have that. I'll do. I remember I asked you about this because I was like, did you write this? Because it's really kind of disturbing. And I had actually edited it, and you're like, no, 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 this is how it is. I was like, oh, weird. What's the bit I like? And when the bread of the angels becomes the bread of me in my heart at Holy Communion, seal it forever against the suggestion of sinful pleasures. <laughs> no. It's like, I'm, I, no, no, it's wrong. <laughs> Next time. So, originally I was going to fade out, but I thought, no, I've really you've got to leave the whole thing in there. It's just too entertaining. Oh, it needed, it was full I on. And we're there. We're into trailer for episode five. Hurrah. Which will be out in August. Yes, yes, it August, will. Episode five, Em. I know, it's exciting! It is. We're, that'll be a quarter of the way through the first arc. We're last year this time, were we still kind of batting around the script? This is about... I started really writing the first few episodes in June, July. And I've got them all... I got all the first 20, well, what is now 20 episodes, written by August. August was when we started to edit them down and make them better. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Made them make sense. Aww. So yeah, so what we've got another um we've got another how many episodes? We've got another five episodes of you on as uh as editor. Mm-hmm. And then as of episode ten you are officially credited as co writer. Yay, I wrote all the things that weren't misspelled. Yes, you did. You absolutely did. And occasionally you took it out when I put too many swears in. You, you know, I, every once in a while I'm pretty sure you go through and you're like, oh, um, did you go through that? Yeah, when I lie, when a line of 15 words and you know five of them are the word fuck, I think the you know the meaning might be lost. There. No, not the meaning. Maybe the intention, <laughs> but never the meaning. <laughs> or just a reminder, by the way, Americans don't you you know, it's fun. I love it. I've, I've, I've really had a good time with all of this. I'm very glad. And it's really, it's really quite a pleasure and quite an honor to, if I may wank a little. Of course, always. <laughs> I wouldn't deprive you of such an activity. Yeah, it's been, it's very, I, I've really enjoyed it. Good. This has been a lot of fun to work on. Good. Well, long may it last, because we've got a hell of a long way to go from here. Jesus, yes. All those 8,000 pages. I know. Well, for once, this episode is an extra long one. It's, it's 40, 43 minutes long. Um, because, yeah, I really, there's just no way not to have all the bits that I wanted to have, and I, you know, anyway. But, uh, so we will wrap it up, I think, actually at the end of the episode, as opposed to going on and on forever afterwards. Um, and, uh, yes, we should probably go and work on episode 11. Holy cow. But for you guys, thank you for being here, all of you, as always. And uh, feel free to mail us at uh, the line HQ 
at gmail.com uh, anytime you like. Or find us on Twitter at the line live. Um, and I think we're going to try and get some kind of like Facebook thing set up soon, I think. For just just in case anyone wants to say anything. Or go to the message boards. But please, come and tell us. Come and tell us what you think. Even if you hate it, it's fine. We don't mind. Um, but we would like some some discussions. I feel this episode lends itself to discussion and, and mm. argument and discourse. Yes. And it would be quite nice to have some of that. So please, please do come. And um, like Tom. And you know that there are people who, who, don't, who don't like the show and listen. Because there's a very controversial... Um, uh, DJ, radio DJ here in the United States called Howard Stern. And they say that 40% of his fan base, of the listeners, are huge fans of his. And they listen just to find out what he's going to say because they love him. And that 60% of the fan base are people who hate him and listen more just to hear what he has to I say. I totally believe that. I'm from the other side of the political spectrum. I mean, I watch Glenn Beck. You know, on on YouTube. Okay, how do we get Fox here? So I can watch Glenn Beck on Fox if I want. But you know, I only want to kill myself. And I read the mm. right wing press, and it's just you know, yeah, um, absolutely. I think I think looking things from the other perspective, even if you hate it, is a good and healthy attitude to well, have. To be honest, like I would love to hear feedback. I would love to hear to open the because it's such a it's such a. I, I enjoy the conversation of religion and and faith. It's not even just religion; it's just faith in general because it's. It's it, it, there isn't a set. It's not really about religion. It's about what you believe. It's your faith. I agree. And religion is just a word that kind of encompasses an organized way of of viewing your faith. So I I, I do like that that you know people have responded in ways and we we did just who did we get an email from? Um, was it from Glenn? No, we had an email from from Mindy Rast. Mindy, which oh, we will excellent. actually, it was an excellent email, and we will respond to that properly in the next commentary because I said any emails we'll respond to in the commentaries. Mindy, uh, we will respond next next month. It was I read it a couple of times, and I really, really, I would love. That's a conversation I'd love to have. Yeah, next month we'll come back to you on that, and uh, oh. and we'll start something up. Absolutely, good, well remembered. So on that note, thank you for on listening, and uh, we'll see you in August. Bye. Bye bye. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.